Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. Well, if you are listening to us on the radio, uh, today is the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, um, and it is the beginning of the holiday season. And um, I don't know about you, but um, I hate conflict. Um, I am an Enneagram 9, um, and all I want is for there to be peace and not conflict. And so um, I actually, even at this point, by the time it's on the radio, um, have not had Thanksgiving yet. I'm actually having my Thanksgiving during the OSU Michigan game. (laughs) Um, So that'll be fun. Um, And I, I just am thinking a lot about how holiday season has a potential for a lot of conflicts. So um, today, especially since, you know, in the last year, we've had issue one in August, issue one in November. And regardless of the fact that we won um, abortion rights and they're coming down the pike um, uh, as the amendment that passed, uh, there's still likely to be a little bit of conflict at a lot of uh, holiday tables this year. Uh, so today, we just want to talk a little bit about how to deal with that conflict, how to work through that conflict. And this is a topic that I'm really interested in as a conflict avoidant person. Um, Terry, I know you are not that, <laughs> which is oh. fine, you know, to each their own. Right. Um, but right. I would love to feel or hear how you're feeling about going into the holiday season, especially given the last year. So it, it always cracks me up when people start talking about the Enneagram. Um, for those who are not yet <laughs> initiated into the, the cult of, um, you know, liberal psychoanalytic uh, self-referencing here, um, Enneagram is a um, an inventory, some might call it a test, some might call it a, a process for understanding how personality types interact with each other. So if you're familiar with things like the Myers-Briggs type inventory, or sometimes corporations will do like, a you know, the DISC analysis or like whatever your personality type analysis is that you are familiar with, it's that, but it's often used in groups of people who are devoted to spirituality and religion. Lots of religious individuals and denominations use this, and it helps you understand just a little bit about how you process things like anger, frustration, conflict. And among the nine types, um, Kelly's type that Kelly um, most (laughs) clearly expresses is one of the most conflict avoidant types. Yeah, um, the the name of the type is the peacemaker, and so just um, one of the the basic fears is of loss and separation, and um, the key motivations is creating harmony and avoiding conflicts and tension and preserving things and resisting what would dis, uh, disrupt uh, those like basis so, and that and that's a yeah. perfect description that's a perfect description of how you <laughs> how you live into the world and just want yeah. everybody to, to peace love and applesauce right like yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be well i i come from a different place on the circle i i am a, a three four four three depending on uh, the day 
um, on the Enneagram, which those two process types are known as the individualist and the achiever. And those are some of the most conflict prone <laughs> personality types <clears throat> because we we just want people to understand that we're right about that. I not not nearly as sarcastic and, and flippant as that, but like, you know, there there is a sense within my personality personality type and I hold this um, as something that I find true about myself regardless of what some exam says um, I'm more interested in making sure that people are clear than allowing things to go unsaid when they might if said cause problems so the people who love me know that about me and they either tolerate it or they don't <laughs> and that's kind of the fun of being in uh, family systems, group systems, friend systems. When you ask me, like, how am I feeling going into the holiday season? Um, so first off, we're filming this, or taping this, rather, um, before Thanksgiving, and I just found out today that I have COVID. <clears throat> Second Thanksgiving in a row that I will miss due to COVID, because the last time I got COVID, which is the only other time I've had COVID, is uh, a year ago. And I got it right before Thanksgiving, was not allowed to participate in that meal with my family. And it's a really big meal for our family because we do Thanksgiving meal palooza and all the leftovers afterwards. Um, I'm grieving still right now, even as my my voice is like way deeper than it usually is right now due to the, the illness. But um, I love the Thanksgiving holiday not because of the the background and the mythology and the anti-mythology of um, pilgrim life. And like, for those who aren't aware, I'm a member of the United Church of Christ. I'm a minister in the United Church of Christ. Our people were pilgrims and Puritans. We are sorry. We, we have lots of resources that I will no doubt post in the show notes about how um, we acknowledge our complicity in the settler colonialism and the harm that has been done in our name and by our ancestors um you know we support council on american indian ministries and a lot of other groups that call attention to the real struggle that settler colonialism has created by white bodies um in in this world that's not our favorite part mind you about <laughs> uh thanksgiving thanksgiving for me is a time of gratitude and connection with family and particularly growing up in appalachia where Big meals meant, like, everybody comes together and participates because you don't really get to have a big meal unless everybody pitches in, right? We we do not have the kind of resources, and historically in, in my family, we did not have the kind of resources that could put on a Thanksgiving spread every week. It was truly a planned effort. It was a sacrifice on many people's parts. There were some years some people could not bring a lot to Thanksgiving at all, and they were held by the community in those times, right? I can remember my mother, like, specifically targeting certain family members with just tons of extra food, and my mother making extra food on purpose so she would have too much food, so she would send certain people in the family home. And there were some years that we got to be those people who got extra food because, you know, there were there were some lean times. But like the the joy of the organic socialism of a meal shared with family and people who don't necessarily agree on a lot gathering together and, and participating in 
a ritual of community care and a ritual of self-care at the same time is just really pretty beautiful to me. And to get kind of to the heart of our conversation today, it's really difficult in this day and age for us to be able to sit down and share a meal with people amid so much difference and disagreement and conflict. Um, you know, we sit down at a table and the moment somebody's mouth opens up about a political figure, about a hot topic uh, locally, you know, we, we hear discussions about multiple wars that are occurring across the globe and how that affects us. Like, there are just tons of pitfalls that could turn into some really nasty back and forth if we're not careful. And at the same time, you know, there are people like me who are like, okay, well, if people want to fight about it, let's fight about it. I'm going to have my turkey leg anyway, right? Um, and then so, there are people like me, like, I <laughs> I get anxious hearing somebody else have a, a slight uh, disagreement. <laughs> like, not even like a, they're not fighting. They're just not not exactly on the same page yet they're not even against each other um and i get anxiety about that that is why i'm in therapy um but yeah i i think like especially since these things are you know things we're so passionate about and things that we care so much about it can be really hard to share space with people who you know you may love and care about and then be family and uh just not understand why you hold different views um well and i didn't i didn't mean to interrupt i'm sorry yeah i'm i'm just reminded though of you know so much of your work kelly that that you have brought into the the work of faith choice ohio and that you've led us in around restorative and transformative justice really hangs on my heart around times and seasons like this because when i think Mm -hmm. about going into um, possible battle zones with people I love, right? Sitting down with people who I dearly adore and I care for, but I know hold very different views and very different perspectives on some issues that are very important to me. I'm reminded of the words of Marion Kaba, who I, mm. I can't remember the text, but her, her phrase was um, competing values of care, right? That, mm. that concept that it is okay for you to admit that you care about multiple things at the same time. Like when I sit down at the dinner table, I care deeply about every one of my family members. And I also care deeply about bashing abortion stigma. And I am not going to sit at a Thanksgiving table and let somebody trash abortion seekers. That's a decision that I have made, like a, a red line that I have drawn <laughs> diplomatically to say, just FYI, if that comes up, the gloves are off because I refuse. I refuse to be in space where language that can dehumanize and indeed language that causes other people harm is going to be present. I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. because yeah. that kind of reinforcing stigma, unless somebody stands up and says, no, this is not correct. This is not good. This is not holy. It's not going to change. And it doesn't mean that I don't love my family members. It doesn't mean that I don't uh, deeply care for them and and hope for their well-being. But I also hold the value of I refuse to stay silent on this very important issue. Right. I'm 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 not going to get in to that level of discourse on like 
which football team people are, you know, most uh, eager to support. Or, like, you know, how the governor wants to spend, um, you know, the extra 10 cents of a gas tax, right? We, we have a lot of farmers in our family. Like, there's a big discussion around uh, farm subsidies. Not not core essential element for me, right? Mm-hmm. But I will go to the mat on a few things, right? Like being a queer person, I'm going to the mat for the rainbow issues, right? Mm-hmm. Also being a person who loves people who've had abortions, I'm going to go to the mat about abortion. I'm mm-hmm. I'm making a choice, a conscious choice to say, this is how I'm going to live out my value in this moment and these mm-hmm. competing values. And like Miriam Kaba tells us, we can do that. We, we can hold big things that are different together. Time. At the same time, yeah, right, yeah. You know, I think I think back to the massive contradictions that uh, Adrian Marie Brown talks about, where uh, uh, about loving the people who hate you, um, and uh, having to to hold that. And I think like you touch upon like the. I think it's important to have that line to know what you're willing to go to the mm. mat for and what can stand. And um, I. So uh, I host Thanksgiving, and um, I'm also going to be hosting, like, a Christmas party um, with some of my friends, I think. And um, I was talking to my therapist about this in the last week about how, you know, there are some some people that are meeting for the first time um, at uh, my Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm not sure if they'll get along all the way, and that scares me. Um, And my therapist said that, like, um, she's like, okay, what are your responsibilities? What do you need to do in this moment? And I'm like, well, I I said I would host. I said I would provide this food. And that's it. And she's like, and what about the social aspect? What are your responsibilities? And I was like, she was like, it's just to be there. You don't, you don't have to make peace. You don't have to make sure everyone gets along. Uh, but you do, because it is your home, get a say on what happens there. And so uh, she told me that, um, you know, if there is something that is my line, is like a place that I don't want crossed, then I am, it is completely within my rights to say, uh, you guys can have this conversation, just not in my house. I don't like if you're going to be, you know, nasty with each other or if you're going to say things that are harmful, um, I will not allow that to happen here in my home. Um, I don't, that's not even something that I see as a risk at my personal uh, family gatherings just because the people that I invite are people that <laughs> I trust enough to not do that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the people I choose to have myself around. And so that's nice. Um, but, uh, it also reminds me of like when I got my first house, um, and when I came out as queer, when I came out as queer, um, I told people who came into my house, I was like, I had my little bi flag up and I was like, this is true about me and it will be true in this house. And I don't care if you don't like it, this is my house, and so therefore, I am not going to hide myself here. And so I think similarly, I have, you know, those lines of um, what kind of uh, disagreements I will let stand <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in my home. Mm-hmm. And 
what things I will not tolerate. And like I'm, I'm grateful and I feel uh, lucky to have the people around me be people who I'm not really worried about the. I'm, I'm not really worried about there being a discussion on abortion because I'm pretty sure everybody who uh, voted in the last ev- election who will be at my house voted for issue one. Um, so I'm not, not worried about that kind of discussion. More about <laughs> smaller disagreements. And those are mm-hmm. ones that can be allowed in my house. Unless it gets, if someone becomes harmed, that is like the line. It's like, I'm not going to allow people that I care about who I invited into my home to be hurt. And, you know, after having that discussion with my therapist, I actually came to the conclusion that I'm like, actually not worried. It's just mm-hmm. the the general looming <laughs> ghost <laughs> that is conflict that I am afraid of, um, even though it's not actually there so and there's Um, also there's also like this this white supremacist view this this white supremacy culture um i i don't know if you want to call it an artifact or like a watermark or like it's just built into who we are the the white supremacist culture of saying it's your job to make people mind it's your job to make people like get in line because conformity is a social value it's not right people get to choose how they show up in places and i love the the phrase that you you shared um when we were uh, off tape here a little earlier uh we we were discussing how how you how you deal with somebody who says something like inappropriate or something that is like out of bounds and you do not want to be the person who says, hey, don't be an absolute, you know, words I can't say on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to be like, okay, we're going to take this from a zero to 10 in the conflict scale immediately. You pose a question to them or you make a yeah. statement in a way that gets them to question what their relationship is with you. And I, I'd love it if you'd share that right now. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a frequent um, Instagram stories watcher and, or not stories, reels. Um, and I saw one not that long ago that was talking about um, somebody who uh, was dealing with conflict at work. And they just started saying, what a strange thing for you to say to me. Um, and just like mentioning that when somebody says something that's like a bit out of pocket, um, mentioning that, like, this is a strange thing for you to bring up in public at, like, what is supposed to be a nice space. Um, and so, especially as the person who's hosting um, these get-togethers, uh, I feel like it is well within my right to be like, what a strange thing for you to say to me in my home where I invited you. <laughs> And I I, th- I just want us to have some cornbread. You don't need to be like that. that. And and <laughs> the sharing of that just a, a few moments ago, right? Really, it brought up for me like the reflexive conversation that my mother and her sisters, and in fact, pretty much all the Appalachian women in my life have on a regular basis when people say something or they do something like my mother on a regular basis will look at someone if they say something that's out of pocket like that and say i'm amazed that could come out of your mouth so easily 
And like it's it's this some people may call it passive aggressive and maybe it is a little passive aggressive, but the reality is it is reflexive because what it's saying is I need you to think about what you're saying, especially next. Right? Because like yeah. you're we're gonna put you on notice that there is a situation that you might not be mm-hmm. aware of. But we also have to think about what is our relationship here, right? Mm-hmm. Because our relationship is not something that can withstand all foolishness. It can withstand some foolishness, but there's some foolishness mm-hmm. it's not going to withstand. So pick your foolishness wisely, right? True. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, also just, like, bringing a kind of light onto things that, you know... I know there's going to be wine at my get together, you know, once people drink a little bit, sometimes there are, things come out that really they're not thinking about. And so taking that moment to shine a light back on what they just said um, can can be enough to like be like, oh, what <laughs> like what am I really saying there? And can we unpack that? Or it, it might be a way to end that conversation, but it also could be a different conversation about why people are willing to say things like that. You know, I, right. I think especially around uh, <clears throat> thinking about the topic of, um, you know, war and conflicts that are happening, um, especially with like Israel and Palestine right now. I, I think often people can say things that are out of pocket <laughs> unintentionally. And I think calling a light on that and saying like is that is that really what you meant to say um or just like having a deeper conversation asking for clarity can be a way to be like this is something that i care about and i i i don't want to think that you're a person who goes against my morals so i'm willing to have this conversation with you um, and, you know, thinking about restorative and transformative justice and like holding these uh, massive contradictions um, in that people can say things that they don't fully understand or they don't fully mean, uh, that can be a moment of, uh, you know, learning more about each other, being better and uh, teaching each other to do better. And um, it's and difficult. <laughs> But that that's Not... the heart of call in culture, right? Yeah. Um, we for for those who are not again initiated into the nonprofit industrial complex, right? Um, those of us who work in nonprofit world, particularly um, what I like to call the feeling nonprofits, right? The the nonprofits that are high on empathy and centering people who have experienced harm, right? Empathy is part of the work that we do. It's part of our job. It's also part of our calling um, as people of faith, right? When we think about how we go about correcting issues that need to be corrected, we cannot come like cold-hearted capitalist managers and say, this, 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 and the other thing must be dealt with, and you have to figure it out and suck it up, buttercup. And that's a that that actually does not create the world that we are trying to live into because we then perpetuate the same kind of violence and and 
idiocy, right? Emotional idiocy, I like to call it, on other people. We, we are harmful to others when we do that, and it's just not helpful. So the idea of calling people out has been replaced by this concept of calling people in. That instead of saying, you stupid idiot, why would you do X, Y, Z? The response is, I see that you have done this thing, and I need you to know how this thing has affected me and others and people in the space. And boy, howdy, I wish you would do something different next time, because if you're able to do that, we're able to go forward without harm. And what a day it would look like. Um, there's an article in the New York Times from right at the, the beginning of the pandemic, I think 2020, where there was an explicit discussion of um, call-in versus call-out culture. And the, the leading in that was it comes back to conflict management styles, right? Like the, the basic conflict management styles from, you know, the Thomas Kilman um, conflict management model You've got people competing with each other. You've got people collaborating with each other. And then you have people accommodating each other or avoiding each other, right? Like those elements are are all done at some point in time, but you can't live in any one spot forever. You try as much as you can to be collaborative in your leadership. You try as much as you can to not be, um, you know, avoiding all the time or competing all the time or accommodating all the time but you recognize that leadership is primarily in that focus about relationships and here's the fun part so's every other conflict interaction you have ever had every conflict interaction you've ever had is about relationship how you're related to these people not not in terms of familiar relations only but like what is your positionality one to the other and how do you live that out and we all screw up at times right that that's the other uh, piece we have to throw in here like when we're thinking about how you go and spend time with family spend time with friends spend time with coworkers, and maybe people that you really know you're not going to get along with all the time you have to begin from the place of giving yourself grace to try and maybe to fail and when you do fail, to choose a different option, not just to keep failing in the same way, right? Don't If you find out that you're avoiding someone, try not avoiding them, right? If you find out that you are being um, harsh and you're living in that call-out space, try something different. Try a call-in. Try, try listening. Try that, like, deeper empathy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and also, I think, like, part of that is building these relationships where you can be honest about the fact that you're uh, trying and and failing, because I think especially um, when having difficult conversations and choosing to engage rather than, uh, uh, like, not having conflict, uh, I think having people where you can or, or making space for yourself even to say, like... I may not have all the answers on this right. and I may not say everything correctly or perfectly, but these are my beliefs and I'm trying my best and, and making space for other people to not be perfect as well, I think is, is worthwhile and, and a good practice to have in general <laughs> is a lot yeah. of the stuff that I care about around like restorative and transformative justice. And a lot of the things that I've learned in uh, some of the books that I've read, um, have been around learning to 
be uh, self-aware and modeling that for other people so that they also can be self-aware and be okay with making mistakes. I think like when we get to these uh, familial conflicts, oftentimes it's uh, it's an ego thing, right? Like mm. you're when when you're the person who's making the statement that's a bit out of pocket, oftentimes I feel like that is from a place of wanting to be right about something. And if if uh, you can combat that with saying like, um, I may not have everything right, but here is how I feel about this. Um, you're making space for, you know, more <laughs> humanity, more like actual genuine um, conversation, which I think is important. And that is the goal of these holidays. Holidays, holy days, holy space. We are out of space right now on this episode, but we are so, 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 so glad that you've joined us for another episode of Our Soul and that your soul is continuing to create space for healing and newness and wonder to create the world that we all know we deserve. So fortify yourself, get ready for a really enjoyable spate of holidays, no matter what you celebrate in the next few days, weeks, and months. Know that you are creating space and you are creating the new world that we hope to live into one conflict-transformed interaction at a time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.